Welcome back inside once again to Bonfire Sports. Uh, getting set to have a conversation with Blue Bombers General Manager Kyle Walters. If you missed it a little bit earlier, also have a conversation with head coach Mike O'Shea. So be sure to check that out here on the YouTube page. Or if you're listening on podcast, be sure to download those as well. As always, Bonfire Sports brought to you by Shannon's Irish Pub. You got to check them out. Iconic spot in downtown Winnipeg, underneath the streets. If you've never been, go see them. 175 Carlton Street, exceptional food, ice cold beer on tap, 21 different choices, all of your local craft breweries available as well. They got live music certain nights, karaoke. You can find information on all of that on shannonsirishpub.ca, but most importantly, Jets game days and Blue Bombers game days, they are open with food and drink specials be sure to check them out 175 carlton street and tell them bonfire sports sent you really happy to bring in the general manager of the winnipeg blue bombers kyle walters to bonfire sports thanks kyle appreciate the time uh how are things out in Kananaskis right now uh well i just got in this morning landed and and then drove out here and then just started the media so it was a a nice drive. Weather's fine. But as I said, it's just seeing the hotel. And as soon as this ends, we'll head to meetings and all night and all day tomorrow and then back to Winnipeg. So it'll be a I'll get to see the hotel. I anticipate not much else. <laughs> well, I hope your room has a nice view. Kananaskis country. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it was a uh, really nice drive in. Yeah. Uh, so like, look, I, I wish I was there with you, but, uh, you know, you you've this is a busy time uh, for uh, general managers, head coaches, personnel people, scouts, uh, and the Canadian Football League as a whole. Um, some might even argue, Kyle, that a, a general manager's off-season is just as busy, if not more busy, than during the season. Is that true? Yeah, certainly more of the legwork. In the season, you're worried about you know running the roster and the cap and the injuries and sort of the day-to-day. But yeah, the real, the real heavy lifting starts you know when you get into free agency and now all of the draft work for the, you know, the Canadian draft, the global draft gets rolling. So it's quite, you know, quite intense between now and the end of March when the, you know, the combine ends and, you know, you'll take April and regroup for the draft and training camp. But yeah, it's, uh, it's very busy. The, the off season tends to be busier than the in season work. Let me throw one to you uh, from my hip. Cause it just kind of occurred to me, but the Winnipeg blue bombers have, I wouldn't even say it's arguable that, your global player is the best global player in the Canadian Football League, and that is, of course, defensive end, linebacker, hybrid, special teamer extraordinaire, Tiadric Hansen from Germany, playing pro in Poland, doing a lot of great stuff off the field as well. Do you as a general manager get calls from individuals across the globe saying, hey, you know, like, how did you find this guy? What did he do? What's the secret to success for somebody that, you know, is overseas um, that is either developing athletes or is an athlete trying to break into pro football? Yeah, you know what? A lot of the players that have over in Europe that are interested have shoot, you know, send emails and reach out. And, and you know, the CFL head office does a good job. Like they're the ones that, that you know, track all the globals and will um, um, go to the go to the federations around the world and, and try to find these guys. So it's it's 
you know, and then bringing them over to Canada. So if, if you're a good athlete and you're and maybe a little inexperienced at football playing uh, playing overseas, you're going to get an opportunity to, to run around in front of the CFL people at combines and and run around at your local combine in, in, in Europe or, or Asia somewhere in front of some CFL people. So, you know, the, the CFL is doing a good job of really trying to identify the, the theatric Hansons of the world and, and, and give them an opportunity to, to play in the CFL. Yeah, you, you guys have uh, done an exceptional job, uh, not just identifying talent globally, but also developing them uh, here in Winnipeg. Uh, just a handful of guys you guys have uh, done a, a very good job with. Uh, speaking of international football moves, uh, just happening today here on January 10th, um, a team recently eliminated from playoff contention in the National Football League, the Green Bay Packers. They've signed away one of your top uh, young Canadians, a player you drafted in 2022, Tyrell Ford, a defensive back. Tell us about the process of athletes in Canada, in, in Canadian football, whether they're American or Canadian or, or a global player under contract or not. How does it all work? Well, you saw the same thing with D. Alford last year. So D. Alford was under contract for, for another year. Terrell's under contract for another year. There's an agreement between the CFL and the NFL. So the NFL can send a form to me and any NFL team can send the form requesting to meet with Terrell Ford or any, any CFL player under contract. Doesn't matter whether you got a 10 year contract, expiring contract or anything in between. Um, come January, they can send these workout requests for him. So Terrell had a bunch, a bunch of interest from NFL teams to go work out and meet with him. And, Generally, once the numbers start creeping up to six, seven, eight teams that are interested in, in meeting with him, he's probably going to get a contract offer. So that's the next part of the agreement. So uh, between, again, the CFL and the NFL, once an NFL team decides they want to sign a player that they've worked out, it's the second form. And now Terrell goes, you know, as I said, no different than D. Alford, who was under contract, that there was an agreement between the CFL and the NFL that these players, regardless of contract status, have the opportunity to go sign an NFL contract despite being under a CFL contract for multiple years. It's just just the way it is. So uh, Terrell's an interesting one because I spoke to the guys in Green Bay and, you know, Terrell didn't play a ton of defense for us this year. And, and you know, they spent zero time watching film. The Green Bay Packers didn't look at what Terrell Ford did on the field. What they do is they go back and look at all the pro day numbers of all the players that haven't had an opportunity yet. And they're looking for guys that are young and are in the upper percentile of testing, which Terrell was. Terrell, from a, he was a, an unknown from the University of Waterloo from NFL circles, shows up at the Buffalo Pro Day and kills it like absolutely test like an NFL caliber defensive back. He didn't get an opportunity last year um, to stick. So all the teams kind of circled back and said, all right, well, he's got a year of pro football under his belt. He's a remarkable athlete. There's zero risk for an NFL team to sign Terrell Ford. Cause as I said, he's got the, he's got the measurables of an NFL player and now he's got a year of pro football experience. So that's the way that that's the way it went down. And, you know, a, a little surprising, I guess, after the year when you look at it from a Winnipeg fan of, well, he's he's a developmental kid that didn't play a ton of snaps for us. But when you look at it from an NFL standpoint, who just looks at 
the name Terrell Ford on a piece of paper with those ridiculous testing numbers, then it starts to make a little more sense. So for full clarity, because my social media started lighting up when Tyrell Ford signed with the Green Bay Packers on Tuesday afternoon, fans saying, why would the Blue Bombers release him? They're not going to have his rights when he comes back to Canada, if he comes back to Canada. That's not the case. He is still Winnipeg Blue Bombers yes, property, the, if you will, uh, if, if the NFL doesn't shake out. Yeah, for the duration of his contract, right? So you, you guys have, have, have had a handful of players go to the NFL over the last number of years. Defensive end Jonathan Kongbo, uh, outstanding uh, NCAA career, um, coming to Canada, winning a Grey Cup, a uh, couple cups of coffee in the NFL now with the Denver Broncos. Of course, uh, Drew Desjardins, outstanding offensive lineman. Um, uh, you know, that's one guy from the NCAA, another guy from uh, U Sports uh, that have, have turned uh, jobs into uh, NFL contracts. Are, are you sensing that that is a more common path now for Canadian athletes, CFL athletes, American, Canadian, or otherwise? You know what? It's it's good. I think, you know, the Jonathan Conwell one is a little bit different. I mean, he was a star at the University of Tennessee. And, and you know, if he didn't get hurt as soon, senior, I'm not sure we would have ever seen him in the CFL. I think he probably would have had an opportunity back then. So he came up and, and ended up signing. But for, for somebody like, like, like Drew from the University of Windsor and Terrell from, you know, from Waterloo, this is, these are great stories for young Canadians that, you know, you can go to a U-sports school and have a good career and, and if you're good enough, the NFL is going to find you to see, you know, you play a couple years a year in the CFL and, and you can go. You don't have to you just don't have to jump at some, you know, a, a, a tier two. I'll put it politely. NCAA school. You sport football is fantastic football and there's plenty of opportunity to, to make whatever jump you want to, to whatever level of football you need. Right. And you these to, are you... examples of it. Yeah, well, I, I have a feeling you're you're a fan of uh, Last Chance You, like I and many others are, where, you know, they talk about the Power Five conferences and then those mid-majors and uh, the, 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 some of those uh, programs that are kind of uh, in between. Dalton Schoen comes to mind. It is a Power Five conference, but maybe a mid-major school in the eyes of many in case at uh, Kansas State. Uh, what's uh, been uh, the latest uh, on Dalton Schoen, who had no question, an outstanding rookie season as an American in the Canadian Football League. Right. So he's had some workouts, and, and here's the difference. So where, where I mentioned Terrell Ford was an unknown. So the NFL had no idea who Terrell Ford was until he showed up at that pro day, and they looked at the numbers and went, oh, my goodness, who is this kid? You know, they know Dalton Show. To your point, he's played at Power 5 Conference. He's been in NFL training camps. Every NFL team has a report on him. Every NFL team knows what he's about. They've studied his college film. They know his pros, his weaknesses, why he didn't make it in the NFL in their opinion. So now the interesting thing there is he comes up to the CFL and absolutely crushes it, all right, and puts up ridiculous stats and has a lot of success. So the NFL teams now where it's quite simple to look for Terrell Ford. You look at the name, you look at the testing numbers. We don't know anything about this guy. Of course, give him a shot. Dalton shown. Now they're wondering, well, what, what did we miss about him? So they're going to have to go back and watch all the film and say, did we miss anything? Or is this just a guy that took advantage of the bigger field in the CFL, the, the waggle, all those things, or what did we miss something in the skills that he showed in the CFL they translate to the NFL and we're going to give him a shot. So whereas 
whereas the NFL teams, I think, spent zero time watching Terrell Ford film this year, I think the NFL teams are really pondering over the Dalton Schoen film to figure out, is there an NFL guy in there or is it a, or not? That's right. the big difference, in my opinion. Uh, Kyle, moving to your existing free agent list, and uh, obviously there was a lot of work to do. I imagine a lot of it happened while the season was still happening, signing Zach Kolaris to a three-year contract extension, Willie Jefferson, Adam Big Hill, and then you work down the list, uh, you know, uh, Kyrie Wilson and Mike Benson and, and Winston Rose and Jake Thomas, and then most recently Stanley Bryant. Um, is it, you know, like going through a list and, and, and checking them off, or do you have kind of your hands full? Like you're juggling a lot of different conversations with agents um, and, and contracts and, and the people that kind of crunch the numbers and, and the legalese, if you will. Yeah, we're, we've got a bunch, a lot of the heavy lifting has been done. As said, we've, after last year where, where the gray cup, after the gray cup ended late in Hamilton and then right into free agency and with all the, the you know, every year there's 30 odd free agents and, and it was just chaos. It was, I, it was a miserable experience. And I said, I, it's from a, from a stress work standpoint, we, this can't possibly happen again. So made a concerted effort this year to start get the ball rolling on the bye weeks and talking to agents and, and starting to get some deals in place that, that I knew come December would be easy to finish off. And, and I think you'll see, you know, with three or four more guys, that, that appear as free agents on the list are going to get done shortly. So um, it's just about having a bunch of, a bunch of irons in the fire all the time. And then, you know, trying to, trying to make sure, you know, you meet the coach's wishes with the, these are the core guys and, you know, the, the coaches certainly have their input and everybody can see the, the guys that put up the stats or the all-stars that those are the guys that the fans know, but you know, there's the behind the scenes guys that the coaches feel for the locker room and that this, this, this player, maybe from a fan standpoint, isn't a statistical guy, but from a coach's standpoint, well, he's every bit as important for what he does that nobody can see. So, you, you know, you, you get your list of guys and and you, between the, the stat guys and the all-stars and the, and the leaders in the locker room, you, you try to piece together and it's impossible to bring everybody back. And, you know, the next phase is, well, if, if we lose this player, what's the plan B? Is there a plan B in house? Is there a scouting plan B? Is there a draft plan B? And, and, and yes, we don't want to move on from them, but certain guys are more easily replaced for the reasons I just said than others. Yeah. I appreciate a thorough answer like that, Kyle. I'm curious if, you know, some anxiety creeps in when you have a roster like yours that is incredibly talented, has proven to have good culture and, and good gel in the locker room and on the field that is a winning pedigree, but also that is an aging one. As a general manager, tell me about, um, you know, what, what goes into all of that when you start looking at the ages of some of the individuals and, and then, you know, uh, term on those contracts. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's. Of course, it's it's omnipresent where you look at the ages and and you know you're. I guess I, to put it simply, you know we we win two Grey Cups with this group and and we get to a third and are also almost you know we're we're very close to winning a third Grey Cup in a row and it's well I, I still think the winning core is there I don't think you know you don't want to use the term rebuild I don't think we just need to move on from guys because of ages particularly at certain positions where there's not a great replacement in place so you combine those two thought processes at the moment and go you know what I think this core still got got some time left and, and has a chance to be real productive and and have earned the right to 
to, to keep going as a group. So, you know, to your point, yes, we, we discuss it and, you know, you, you through your, which is why, you know, doubling back, you, you'll, you start losing your young Canadian draft picks, to the NFL. And it's like, man, it's, it is hard, hard to get your Canadian talents, let alone really good ones that are young. And then when you start drafting these guys they're they go to the NFL, that, that, really really hurts the what you're talking about from a canadian standpoint that's for sure i know one thing uh, i've been told many times by people around the league the value of having a canadian who can handle all three kicking duties and then you touched on you know maybe losing some of that canadian talent like a tyrell ford uh and some others uh, drew desjardins in the last number of years to the nfl um what's the the talent crop looking like in the 2023 cfl draft and i've been asked many times or is there a kicker that uh the winnipeg blue bombers may target no not in this draft i don't think you know i don't think it's a strong group of, of kickers at the moment the you know there'll be some punters in the global draft again and you know we have the rights for a couple punters from last year that we'll circle back on but you know we'll we'll like all positions you know, we'll do our due diligence and try to explore all options. So, you know, we'll see. I think, you know, I th- there's some high-end talent in this draft. I think there's some NFL caliber guys, which always presents a bit of a problem. You know, there's some real good, real good N- Canadian players at NCAA schools that are going to get, whether it be undrafted status or I'm not sure. So that'll, that'll pose for an interesting challenge this year because there will be, there will be a number of Canadians that are, that are going to get NFL looks. Um, and then we'll go from there. But as I said, it's it's like, you know, we're, we're I've, I've gone through the running backs. I've gone through the offensive line. So it's just a matter of starting to, you know, plug away at it and should have all that a better idea. You and I can talk draft at the end of this month in a little bit more detail. I'll be better prepared from a total totality standpoint. But it just seems like every year, you know what I mean? You start grinding along and at the end of the year, you, you know, you, you put together your draft list and, and, and hope for the best. Well, I'll, I'll leave you on this one. And, uh, you know, you and I were kind of joking about it before, uh, you know, we, we started this. And, and that's the uh, the obvious question of uh, your contract status and, and going into the final year of it with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'll kind of just loft it up to you and, and uh, let you answer uh, that query that you've, I'm sure, had asked of you many, many times, not just at the, the CFL uh, winter meetings in Kananaskis where you are right now, but uh, over the last couple of months. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It is what it is. I mean, it started, you know, when uh, when Mike when Mike had his contract extension announced there, and 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 the <laughs> certainly the question was, well, you know, geez, it's been ten years we've been been doing this, and and for the last last two contract extensions, Wade would sit up there and he'd announce a contract extension for Mike and myself, and uh, <laughs> and now this year, without a contract extension for myself to be announced, there was no need for me to be up there and, and have to have those awkward discussions on the day Mike's getting his extension. So, you know, I was out of town, but whether I was in town or out of town, I don't think I would have been, I wouldn't have put, I wouldn't have put the three of us in that position on that day to have to discuss what we're discussing right now uh, on the day Mike got an extension. So, you know, you know, Darren, it's this, the, there's an operations cap at play now where, you know, the, the equipment, the equipment staff, the video staff, the scouting staff, myself and, and our director of football operations, Matt, we're all, you know, and the, all the coaches. So all of those group of people I just said have us only a certain amount of salary that they can make. So it, it makes for a, a, you know, it's a new world order, I think, in, in, in the way things are working. And we're, a, you know, like we said, we're a veteran football team. We're a veteran football staff, too, that have ca- carved out, you know, solid careers and built this thing up. And, you know, it's 
we'll, we'll see how this works, how this year goes. But, you know, certainly I'll be working through the last year of my contract. And and I would like to be back in Winnipeg and see this thing through to the end and, and of, of my career. But that, that's out of my control. And, you know, we'll sit down and try to make a decision what's best for me and my family. And we'll, we'll go from there. I appreciate that uh, that answer, Kyle. One thing I know for sure is that uh, people across the CFL look to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they're trying to identify how to uh, instill a winning culture and uh, a winning football operations uh, group uh, that that you've uh, you've done now, as you mentioned, for you know ten years uh, here in Winnipeg. Uh, really appreciate your time, Kyle. Hope you have a great uh, rest of your off season. Looking forward to having those draft conversations with you uh, in uh, in the coming days. And uh, yeah, uh, all the best to you. Thanks for Thank listening. you. All right. No problem. Appreciate you, Kyle.